Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Josh Horowitz of MTV News, and tonight's guests, Brian Taylor and Idris Elba. Microphone. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Never sit on the microphone, Idris. I know, no, that's a little embarrassing. Um, we almost never saw that again. <laughs> oh. Thank you guys for stopping by today. This is a fun movie. I've, I've gotten a chance to see this. Um, so Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. We've obviously seen a Ghost Rider film before, a few years back. Have we? I did. <laughs> I don't know if you did. Careful. Sony's here somewhere. Well, no. We, you know, we, we don't need to disparage the first one, but it had its fans and it has detractors. This one, though, aside from Nick Cage, it's kind of its, its own thing, to say the least. Did you, did you look to the first one at all, or did you go off on your own thing? No, I mean, we, yeah. I actually like the first one. It, I, it's kind of like, like, like a Walt Disney movie. Not like a Disney, like a modern Disney movie, but like a Walt Disney movie, you know? It's like Davy Crockett or something like that. And I, I don't say that in a sarcastic way. Like, I love that. I think it's really cool. But when we came in, uh, the idea was to do something completely different. And uh, basically, we wanted everything to be different and new, except for Nicolas Cage, who was kind of like a staple. So it's not really a reboot, because it's got the same actor. It's not really a sequel. It's kind of like a requel. <laughs> requel. You coined yeah. a new phrase. Or maybe a C-boot. <laughs> Let's go with requel. Um, OK, so, so Idris, I mean, a lot of selling points in this, I would think. I mean, uh, I think like yourself, a big fan of Neville Dean Taylor and the, the madness that they yeah. bring to films. Yeah. Um, and opportunity to work with someone like Nick Cage. But t let's talk about, and let's make his head swell if we could, about like why these guys are such a draw for something like this. I mean, I, I've worked with many, many different directors and different styles, and uh, Neverdean Taylor obviously have their own unique way. You know, two directors that obviously is gonna give me uh, a new, a unique way to, to, to make film. And um, I'm a fan of the Crank films. Jason Stratham's a friend of mine, so I called him to figure out, you know, what's it like? And you know, it's just, it's just uh, uh, an experience. You Did know, you really? I, no, I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know. But uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted the experience. I like Nick Cage, I'm a fan of Nick Cage. Any Nick Cage fans in here? <laughs> I, I, yeah, he's a great, he's a, he's a great actor and um, very um, um, courageous. And I like the idea that he, he doesn't mind taking different choices. So I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to uh, mess around with these guys and, and Nick. So for you, Brian, um, in your initial, we were talking backstage about our mutual love affair for Nick Cage. The opportunity to work with him has got to be a huge part of the excitement for you here. What are those initial conversations like about, okay, here's what the first Ghost Rider film did, here's what I want out of you the second time? I mean, was there a sense that you guys were on the well, same the, page? Yeah, the main, the main thing was, and you know, we wanted to work with Nick Cage forever. He's, if anybody is familiar with our work at all, Nick is like sort of like the ultimate Neville Dean Taylor actor. And it's, it's hard to believe we never worked with him, and it's hard to actually believe we never worked with this guy either, because, I mean, they're so in tune with what we do. And we actually wanted Nick to be Chev Chelios in Crank. He was, like, at the top of our list, but, um, you know, he was way out of our league at the time. So, luckily, our league has changed. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the main thing was when we first met Nick, we said, what we want to do different from the first movie. In the first movie, it's called Ghost Rider, but Ghost Rider was played by, a, it was a CG character and slash stunt guys. So every time you saw the Ghost Rider in the first movie, it was stunt guys or it was made on a computer. 
well, we wanted Nick Cage's take on what the Ghost Rider was. So we told him, we want you to play this as a dual role. You're playing Johnny Blaze, but also every time you see the Ghost Rider, we want that to be Nick, Nicolas Cage. So he played it as a dual role. He played Johnny Blaze and he played the Ghost Rider. And I think that if everything else you throw away, I think that's the biggest difference between the first one and this I, one. I just want to ask you, do you did you, uh, you wanted to do it because of the motion capture of his body, his physicality? Yeah, I mean, like, isn't, isn't the take on what a demon from hell inhabiting a human body, wouldn't you rather see the take of like, sort of like a creative crazy man genius like Nick Cage rather than like what some stunt guy thinks that he, like, and, and every, so the, the challenge is like to create this whole body language, this whole physicality, this whole way of moving and expressing that could only be the work of Nick Cage and you can identify it immediately. I get the sense also that he's the kind of actor that never gives the same uh, thing twice from take to take. He always kind of goes for different things. I mean, unless you ask him to. Unless you ask him to. Um, so, I mean, for you, Idris, I mean, do you like to kind of mix it up when you're on set? Do you kind of like just hone in on what you want to do and after five takes or ten takes, you have it, or do you try to mix it up in terms of interpretation? I think, I think it's important to do, um, do what's on the script. So, the script says he does this, do a couple of takes like that. And then take it where, you know, to your interpretation, which is what I do. So I do the first two takes as written, possibly, you know, st st standard. And then, and then I we just, get the good stuff. And then we get the good <laughs> shit. You know, that's when I mix it up. Um, and that way it keeps it fresh. It keeps you, you know, being real in the moment. Nick, Nick Cage, he's the kind of actor that, uh, you know, if I throw something at him, he's going to go with me. Some actors get scared and don't do it, but he will, he will go with you. So I like working with him. Uh, the character you play, Moreau, not in the comics as far as I remember, right? Total unique creation. So why was, how did, how did interest get involved? What, when did you guys go to him? You know, we, I, I, did, I wasn't really that familiar with you. I'd seen you in some things, but we always knew you as being sort of like this icy, That's cool... That's a terrible answer. <laughs> Take but, two. But, but we didn't... But we, we sort of... But no, no, but we sort of saw you... I didn't you. know who you was. No, I just I you know, needed somebody quick. <laughs> but you, you, you know what I'm saying. It's like people, people think of you as being like this kind of like... People think of you as being like this kind of icy cool, you know what I mean? And this was sort of this big, broad, like larger than life, like bam, you know, walk into the room. And so I just didn't know. But within five minutes of talking to you, we were just like, holy shit, like nobody's really seen this side of you. I don't yeah, know. No, I get it. Do you want to take you back know everything nice you said about him earlier? You can if you want. No, but I was really thankful because I never get given those type of parts. You know, it's, like you said, I get to play characters that are a little bit more steeped in reality, a little moral, you know, left or right. But this guy, you know, he's all the way out there. He's a large character, like you said. And um, it was definitely a challenge for me, definitely. Uh, comic book fans. I mean, you were like, you're like Steve McQueen, usually. And in this one, it's like, I don't know, Carrot Top? <laughs> Keep going, bro. Keep going. A lot, a lot of damage control. Um, comic book fans growing up, you guys into comics or no? Spider-Man. I did Spider-Man for a little while, but not, I couldn't get into comics, really. But Spider-Man was the one comic that I stayed with for a little while. So is it, is it odd to you? There you go. A lot of Spider-Man fans. Okay, so like, is it odd to you that in the last couple of years, I mean, two iconic works that you found yourself in, Thor and now this? Yeah, no, it's an interesting um, strand of my career to sort of be in these really larger-than-life um, films. Um, Thor is obviously huge and, and has a huge history, which I never saw myself in. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> when they gave me the part, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a shot. And, you know, and, and this film as well, you know, so 
I actually like the idea that you can make, you know, I'm, I've made serious drama most of my career, so the idea that I can bring my, my talents, if you like, to uh, something like that is exciting. Brian, what about you? I mean, do you go when you sign on to something like this? Is it important to go to, like, you know, there's hundreds of... By the way, Idris's next two roles is he's going to play James Bond and Jesus. <laughs> In the same movie. Wow. <laughs> This audience would pay to see that. That's all I'm saying. Um, okay, so you sign on to this. Do you go and look at Ghost Rider uh, comic books? You can obviously spend three months, if you want, just reading every Ghost Rider, or do you kind of just go off what you naturally know and what's in the script or what? There's like so many different versions of Ghost Rider. A character's been around for 40 years or something, and some of them are super corny. Some of them are, there's all different kinds. So we just kind of like, just try to come up with our own cool take on it. Not to, you know, in the, in uh, a lot of the Ghost Rider stuff, including the last movie, he seems to really kind of have a 80s fashion sense. <laughs> you know, a little bit of glam metal with the spikes that come out and stuff like that. And I don't really understand why a demon from hell would want to look like that or, or even really care what his jacket looks like. So we approached all the clothes and the design and everything in a more physical way. Like, it's just he transforms. Right. You know, the skull should be black and it should be something that's really burning. And the jacket should be this molten kind of tar that, you know, the leather just kind of turns into that. Um, and it was all approached like very naturalistic that way. So was it uh, written as, as a French character? I mean, are you good yeah. with accents? I mean, yeah. are you... Well, interesting. Moreau uh, is in the comics, but he plays... Moreau is a character name. I guess the, the Marvel Universe just pops in every every comic so Moreau shows up as a as a as a bad guy in this one and he shows up as a as another guy in this one so we took that premise and tried to make Moreau into this all-seeing sort of character so you know although he was a monk but we didn't want to make him uh like you know a traditional monk we wanted to mess with his accent in the script it's described that he's a man that can look into your soul and talk to you so you know that the, the contact lenses came from that that idea and my, those, were and the lenses, huh? those were contacts? <laughs> no, they're my natural eyes, color yeah. eyes, man. Of course. And, um, you know, in Thor, you know, uh, I play Heimdall, who also has contact lenses. And in my mind, and I never told you this, but Thor, Heimdall, and Moreau are cousins. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ooh, like, I like anyway, that. Don't worry. I'm still working on that one. But... Um, and how is Stringer Bell related to the two of them? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Just, just checking. No, yeah. he was their dealer. He used to <laughs> uh, hook him up. Walked into that one. Um, I mean, but on a serious note, do you, do you kind of like approach comic book roles in any different way? I mean, I would think as an actor, they're all, it's, it's all acting. It's all roles. It doesn't matter if you call it a comic book movie or not. Right? Um, what's the phrase we use? Big face acting? I think that came up a couple of times. Nick calls it mega acting. Mega acting. <laughs> It's larger than life. It's you know, you know, because in the comic books, they, the 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 artists are very expressionate. You know, when a man's dying, he's really dying, and you can get away with it in uh, in the, in this film, especially because of the way Neville Dean and Taylor shoot. You know, the angles are very you know vivid. It's in your face, like you're very close to the action. So you're, you, even though you might think we might bring it down a little bit, it's just better to be bigger and bolder and a bit more alive. Do we have uh, questions? Is there a mic floating around yet? If not. I'll do one, and then I guess the mic will get over here in a second. I want to ask you, though, there is a bit of a mystique about Neville Dean Taylor and your approach to directing. I mean, for those that don't know, you guys, you know, you guys go all out. We're straight. <laughs> you're straight. You're, you're for real. Okay, so you were talking about talking to Statham about how Statham would uh, uh, warn you or another actor about what these guys are like. What would you say to an actor about their approach? Because it's different. Uh, wow, that's a good question. 
Honestly, like yeah, I, you can get me back. No, no, I won't, I won't. No, I would say, listen, if you're going to work in everything to Taylor, be in shape, be prepared to, uh, you know, do something that you've never done before. Like when I was doing this scene, I'm riding a motorcycle. I haven't ridden a motorcycle in like nearly 20 years, by the way. And uh, we're doing this scene. We shut down a Romanian highway for me to tear down it for like 60 miles an hour. And that's the shot. So I'm thinking, master, two set, you know, two setups, a car next to me with the camera. I'm driving. No, these dudes put on rollerblades, jump on the back of the car. I mean, my bike, and I'm nervous as it is. I'm doing like 50, 60, and he's on the back of his knees, he's like this, and he's got the camera right by the wheel. Now, you know, if you're an actor that's not prepared for that, you might, you know, you might mess your shit up. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that would be my advice. Be ready. Yeah. Well, how much is, of that is like daredevil mentality and how much, I mean, that you just want to be part of it and just feel that energy and how much of it is like this is the only way to get that shot? Well, I mean, we started out, we didn't have any money and we were just kind of like, uh, it, it was basically born out of just desperation, you know, where you're trying to get um, cool shit for no money, we didn't have CG or anything, so we were just trying to find ways to put the camera, uh, you know, move the camera fast, put the camera in peril, because we figured if it's dangerous to shoot, it probably will look dangerous on screen, and, and just approach action from that point of view. Let's try to get right in there with it. But it, I think it, it's really in the DNA of actual comic books, so if you imagine the economy of one page and you have to tell a story about a man falling from a building, obviously you can't tell the whole story, so, you know, you do a shot of a man's face, you know, the, and that's how they shoot. They put the action right there close to the, to the audience. Uh, certainly translates. Okay, let's go to some questions. Yes, sir, what do we got? Hi, Idris. Hi. Uh, I know you're in the movie Thor. What was your experience like, and what's the sequel going to be like from your point of view? Um, okay, so Thor, it was my first time doing a movie like this, and huge amounts of CGI, obviously. I hadn't done that before. Um, Kenneth Branagh, the director, was an amazing director. He's very actor-driven, unlike these guys. Um, <laughs> but but um, it was a really good experience. I mean, the other actors are phenomenal. The set was amazing. You know, it was a huge, huge set. And if you, if you haven't seen Thor, you know, I play the, the Guardian of the Rainbow Bridge, and, you know, this thing is, uh, you know, massive. But it wasn't there, obviously, so I had to do a lot of uh, acting. That's what I was doing. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> And the sequel, we don't know yet. We're going to shoot it this summer. I haven't seen the script, so I, you know, I'm not at liberty to say. Thank you. Thanks for your In the question. sequel, the Rainbow Bridge is actually a club. <laughs> <laughs> next this <question>. guy. <laughs> next uh, question towards next. the back. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hi, Idris. I wanted to know, what was your favorite scene in this movie? In this movie? Uh, the opening. The opening sequence, which I, I want to tell you about, I don't want to give it away, but it's a big, big action. It's literally like straight out of James Bond. It's really me riding a bike, me crashing into a monastery, me crashing out of a monastery, me, you know, it's great. This is my favorite sequence, really great. Maybe actually before we take another question, let's look at an action sequence, because the other scene we have is a little bit more of the, the crazy antics. Oh, okay. Even Ghost Rider, okay? Let's take a look at the scene from Ghost Rider. That's me, that's me. Who's this guy? 
I just want to say, I don't know if you guys can tell, but that shot there where he's flying backwards with a gun like that over the cliff, it's about 600 feet down, and that is not CG. I promise you. No, really. No, we did that. So what's running? Give me the thought balloon. What's There's a wire, okay? It's not, like, <laughs> it's not like you have to fly, but I'm saying that was not like a green screen thing. That was like the real potato, man. So yeah, we, we... What are you thinking there? I mean, honestly, like when they explained the sequence to me, he's explaining it to me as I'm, um, you know, walking onto the set, which is a mountain. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so we drive down here and then we go to the studio, right? He's like, oh, no, no, no. You get on the harness and then we jerk you off the bike and then, you know, you go over the side. But then, by the way, you know, the camera, if you see the camera, the actuality of the camera is that there was two harnesses. So there's myself and, and uh, was it you or Mark? There's no idea. And, and uh, we go boop. And he's like shooting me as we go down. It's incredible, like, incredible style. Uh, that, that's the trick. Like, like if, if we're willing to do it, then the actor's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Secrets of directing. There you go, right there. That was how we got Statham up on that helicopter in Crank One. You it's did like, it first. Well, we're, we're gonna do it. We'll be up there, so yeah. <laughs> Can be a chicken. Whatever. He was like, "All right, have fun. I'll be in my trailer." <laughs> the truth revealed around Statham. He's a chicken. Okay. Any other questions from the audience? Here we go. I have a Hi, Mr. Idris. Hello. I'm your favorite fan, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, I wanted to find out. I've really seen you grow. I'm just so excited for your career, starting from Daddy's Little Girl to this film here. Um, what's one role that you want to do or that you look forward to doing in the future? Uh, good question. Uh, I, you know, I know it may, it may, might, some people may know, but I've been offered the, the opportunity to play Nelson Mandela in his film uh, Long Walk to Freedom. Um, and I know what you're thinking. You don't look nothing like Nelson. I know what you're thinking, but uh, um, I'm, you know, it's, it's an honor to play that man's life. Um, and we're gonna do a very sort of a real approach to who Mandela was. And, you know, the struggle, uh, not the struggle of apartheid, because it isn't about that. It's about a man that decided to fight that. Um, and it's, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm West African. And so when, you know, Mandela means to Africans is huge. So the, uh, the idea that I get to play that part is uh, very exciting. Thanks. And Neville Dean Taylor will not be directing. They never call. No. <laughs> <laughs> An interesting take. Um, other questions in the audience? Yeah, we've got a few. Um, hi, I'm Nigerian. Uh, what part of Africa are you from? Uh, my mom is from Ghana, my dad's from Sierra Leone. Thank you. Yeah. Kind of in the house. <laughs> More over there? Yes. Um, this is for Brian. Um, are you planning on returning to the Crank Universe anytime soon? Uh, we are planning on returning to the Crank Universe, and I, I, I can't tell, I can't tell when exactly or how, but I'm hoping that we can bring this guy into the Crank Universe too. That could be interesting. Are you ready to jump off another cliff? I wouldn't mind doing that. I mean, those movies are crazy. And, you know, listen, we're here, you know, because we, we want to act and make films. So we might as well do things that challenge us more and more. And Crank? Definitely. <laughs> so, I mean, this is your first, you know, quote unquote, studio film. Bigger budget than you've had before. Um, everything it's cracked up to be, is that a, a, a playground that's fun for you guys to play in? Or do you kind of want to keep it small again after this? Well, I mean, it didn't really feel like, um, you know, 
this, this big studio film or something. Because we were out in some really remote places. We shot this thing in Eastern Europe and Turkey and places where they don't really have a film infrastructure. People don't really make movies a lot. And we, really, we just we didn't have a lot of time, a lot of money. Um, we had to basically sacrifice safety on a lot of the... <clears throat> I mean, no, the one thing we couldn't <laughs> sacrifice was safety on the stunts. But other than that... I mean, it actually was, it was as punk rock and gorilla of a shoot as Crank 2 or as anything we've ever done, even though it was this, you know, like Sony movie. It was like, we were out there, man. And there were, I mean, at the end of this shoot, it was one of those ones where you just fall down and go like, I can't believe we survived this one. Well, one thing, frankly, I was surprised about when I, 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 after I saw the film, I went and looked, and it's actually rated PG-13. It struck me, it could have frankly been rated R, which is... Good. I, that's something I call it as a good thing. So you, you couldn't tell what the rating was after you saw the movie? No, I had to look it up. That's whether good. It was, that's that's good. a good sign, right? So was that something you guys kind of had to wrestle with? Because obviously your material has been very hard-edged, and Ghost Rider, you want it to have a hard edge. Did you struggle with the, the rating at all, or was it pretty easy to come to? Well, the cool thing is the way the Ghost Rider kills people is he either burns them alive, or he like sucks out their soul, whatever that looks like. <laughs> So he's not like shooting people or eviscerating. So basically he could be as nasty as we wanted him to be and the ratings didn't seem to have a problem with that. Um, <laughs> go figure. So other than the public sex scene, we pretty much got everything in. Well, that'll be crank three, obviously. Um, any other questions from the audience? Over here to your left. Here. Yeah. Idris, when you work with a director like this and you guys are doing big action sequences, how would you compare or contrast that to say working with like Guy Ritchie on Rock and Roller, where the energy is really high, but it's not necessarily an action-oriented movie so much? Um, mm, well, the process is slightly different because with the, with the, the boys, you know, uh, on any given day, they might switch their focus point. So uh, Brian might be one day really into the dialogue on this scene and the journey of the characters. And then, you know, uh, Mark will be into the shot. Uh, with, with someone like, um, uh, 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 who is it? Oh, Carl, yeah, Guy Ritchie. Who is that again? Um, <laughs> With someone like Guy Ritchie, you're looking at a man that has a whole universe in his head. Like, he literally plans out each shot before he gets to the room. I, I, I guess them, these guys do that too, but it's a different approach. So, with Guy, it's, it's very, very specific. With these guys, they're a little bit more open to your interpretation. Cool. Uh, more questions? Another yeah. one right over here. Yes. Yes, uh, welcome to New York. And, How you doing, um, sir? It's a great pleasure to meet both of you guys. You guys got it. Impressive resume. Thank you. And I want thank you for standing, man. Oh, that's thank you, thank you. that's nice. <laughs> I just wanted to say, um, are you contemplating, as far as any possible Broadway plays or any off-Broadway plays, or even in the West End, in the London area? And if so, can you share that with the audience? Um, yeah, it's um, theater is something that I love to do. I've always I've done it for you know most of my career, but it is very time-consuming and. Um, I don't know how to say it. Like, I've, I've sort of on this, this journey with film and television at the moment. But I definitely want to get back to theater. Um, I did one off-Broadway play here, you know, and I, you know, I'd love to come back to, to New York and do Broadway one day. So, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll do it, yes. Ghostwriter musical, you don't? <laughs> yeah. Definitely not that. <laughs> definitely. 
Ghost Rider on ice, though, that <laughs> makes sense. Um, it, it does strike me. I mean, if you look at Idris's uh, resume, especially the last few years, the directors you have worked with are amazing. I mean, Neville Dean Taylor, Ridley Scott, Guillermo del Toro you're working with right now. Is director kind of the overriding factor for you, or is it top of the list? Um, Clearly so. not. <laughs> Except for this guy. <laughs> No, a direct, when making a choice as an actor, you know, you obviously start with the script and what, you know, and, but who, depending on who sends you the script is why you read it oftentimes. So with Ridley Scott, you know in, inherently there's going to be a certain type of uh, quality that comes from a man like that. But I typically like to go for roles that I don't really, it's not, I don't choose a job because of the director. I've worked in, uh, with first time directors and I think that's as equally ex as exciting and you can learn as much uh, when you work with a, a new director as much as you work with an older director. So I really go for just the script, the character, and what I can do. Next question to your right. Yeah. Hi. Um, I'm just wondering, as an actor, if you find it more difficult to do a character arc within a movie or within a series where you have many hours to kind of explore the character. Yeah, the arc of a movie is obviously shorter, intense, and oftentimes out of sequence. So you go into the, the production with, you know, the whole script in sort of embedded, you're supposed to. So that way that if you start a scene, if you start your first day shooting with a scene that is at the end, you know, you need to know where you've come from. And with a series, you know, you definitely get that long, you know, with, when I was on The Wire, I, you know, three years I got to create Stringer Bell. You know, if you remember, if you look at the p pilot episode of Stringer, and, you know, the last scene is a huge amount of growth. So um, for me, though, the, the, cha the real challenge is, uh, you know, really understanding how to incrementally make your character grow, you know, uh, especially in a film. You know, sometimes a film, like our film spans over maybe, what, five days? Something like that. Five days, you know, in five days, you know, you want to, you, you just, you're playing a short space of time over seven months or wherever long we was doing it, six weeks or whatever. So that's a real challenge to keep that sort of, you know, um, the, the stitching together. Cool. Next question towards the back. Hi, Idris. Hi. Fan. I had the opportunity to attend um, a party where you DJed in Richmond years ago. So I'm just curious, are you still in that business? And do you have any events in New York coming up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got my turntables back here. Everyone stay. <laughs> We're going to go at it. Uh, yeah, I still, I still DJ. I've been, um, I transitioned into playing more house and dance over the last three or four years. So I haven't been DJing in well-known clubs, but more underground and smaller. Um, and I love it. I love doing it. It's something that I, I have a small studio uh, back in LA where you know I make music and it's, it keeps me grounded. I love that. Awesome. Do you have a Valentine? Do I have a Valentine's? <laughs> yes, Brian. <laughs> no, I don't have a Valentine's today. No, I don't. <laughs> we have enough for uh, two more questions, and we do have some turntables in the back too. Oh, words. Yes. <laughs> work to do. Hi. <laughs> Um, I've seen all your movies, and uh, <laughs> and I really like you in Loser and Rock, Rock and Roller, and it was such a good role for you, because I always feel like you, like you mentioned, you are calm and collected. So what kind of role did you find hard? Did you find this role hard because you had to go in and prove yourself that you can be bigger than the character that they gave you? Um, no, the hardest role I, I did um, was... Um, 
I did a five episode arc on The Office where I play, you know, that, that world is very comical and it's, you know, it's not, not something that I'm used to. So that was a challenge for me, you know, to be funny, you know, and, but my character wasn't written funny, but he had funny shit to say. So uh, um, that was definitely a challenge. <laughs> Last question, straight in front of you. Hi, Idris, Hi. my name is Ariel. Um, you've kind of answered some of the questions, but I wanted to ask it anyways. Uh, is there a certain genre that you prefer? Because you, you are funny. You are great in uh, The Office, and you're great in drama, and you're also great in action. So is there some type of genre that you prefer the most? Um, I'm most comfortable with drama um, because, uh, you know, it lends a lot of your emotion, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and that's where I began, is in drama. Real, you know, real drama. Real, real people in real situations. And that's where I'm most comfortable. So, even though I'm comfortable, I prefer to do stuff that makes me uncomfortable. So, action and possibly comedy and, you know, uh, you know whatever else, uh, theater. You know what I mean? Those are my preferences because I'm continually challenging. With drama, I'm very comfortable there, that's, that's what I do, so. I can personally attest that you can do comedy. Idris and I just taped something this afternoon for MTV that uh, I think you guys are gonna laugh at. Yeah, we did this, uh, Josh has a show called After Hours and... Uh, <sighs> Idris went bananas, coming soon. I did. It's gonna be good. I'm embarrassed, man, but anyway. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. Probably, yeah, now I that I publicly said it, we have to actually release it. No, no. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for coming out today. Thank Give you, it up everyone. For Thanks for coming. Brian thank you. Idris, Ghost Rider, opens February 17th.